0: All right folks, let's do this. How are you? what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? what the fucking ears? What the fuck sticks? What the fuck idylics? What the fuck stables? How are you? What's happening? Mark Marin here. this is my show WTF. Thank you for listening. Thank you for always listening. I appreciate it. I appreciate the input. I appreciate your ears. I'm glad that you enjoy the show. if you're if you're on a run right now, you can do it. Go, 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 go. If you're in your cubicle right now you can get through it don't think about it don't think about it don't think about it don't think about it if you're just at home maybe cooking something watch your measurements don't screw it up don't add too much check the oven check it if you're if you're driving hey chill out relax there's nothing you can do about this it's out of your control all right just wait it out uh there's no reason for it and uh don't it's it's not your fault. I mean, you, you left early enough, right? Am I right? I mean, how, how early can you leave? I mean, you didn't know it would be like this. It's just bullshit. God damn it, what could be causing this? Oh, this guy, maybe you're driving a truck and you're out there in the open road, trying not to fall asleep. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It was just in a Spike Lee movie. So uh, what's happening? My guest today is Patricia Williams, known as Ms. Pat, on the road as a comedian. Amazing stories of perseverance, survival, transcendence. Oh, God, it's, uh, yeah, buckle up. It's going to be good. Let me tell you where I'm at right now, and then we'll ease into, uh, into the conversation with Ms. Pat. I took Monkey to the vet because Monkey's still going at his junk, still licking his own dick. And uh, he was on antibiotics for two weeks. And I just, it is so traumatic for me to get that goddamn cat to the vet it. i mean i can get him in the cage but i'm starting to think that i didn't socialize my cats properly maybe i should have handled them more maybe i should have uh uh, made them more comfortable with me and people as opposed to just let them continue to be wild and dictate their own goddamn behavior like you have no choice with cats but i just got a call from the doc says uh yeah we got to put him under just to give him a bath and get a a urine sample because he's fighting the fuck man yeah, I take him to the vet, he's howling, howling. It's like no other cat is doing that there. Why's it gotta be my kid? Why's it gotta be my cat? Why does my cat gotta be the drama addict? Why is my cat such a pussy? Huh? Why? And then I feel bad. I didn't want to bring him in, but I'm going out of town for a couple of days. I got someone watching the house, but it's like he's going to be all fucking loopy because that that vet, he always gives me the cat half cocked, just wasted, shit-faced. It's not as endearing as maybe a a kid who who might have had uh, uh, a little gas at the dentist like that YouTube video. That's funny. A fucked up cat's not funny because it doesn't know what's going on, neither does a kid, but a cat's a cat, so it's going to freak out on top of that and try and... Running high. Whatever, man. You know what? I'm not complaining. I exercised. I had a, a, a overly thick smoothie. My cat is at the vet being taken care of. I'm doing responsible shit. All right? Okay. Here's the deal. Miss Pat uh, has been making the, the podcast rounds a bit. Uh, I didn't know anything about her. Uh, Joe had her on. I know Ari had her on, but you know I did a little investigating because her fans were telling me like you know I got to have her on I got to have her on, and I watched some of her stand up and I you know I got it and it was good it seemed to be coming from a place of of genuine storytelling and 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 very dark uh, dark stories in the sense that they were harrowing. But the one thing that I don't experience and what I don't talk about a lot and I don't have the opportunity to, I guess I could make more opportunity to, is what it's like to grow up poor and black in America. I can't even begin to understand what the black experience is like, even being told it through fiction or through music or through uh you know some biographies i have read in my life there is just i am completely outside of that experience and i gotta be honest with you you know talking to miss pat to me is mind-blowing because the black struggle is something i'm familiar with in the pop culture that i consume but the the truth of the matter is is i don't know the truth of the matter and when i talk to miss pat it's just fucking mind-blowing because poverty it, no matter what color it is is devastating and the community that uh you know the ghetto communities that exist in this country have their own set of politics rules customs survival modes that I I'm not I'm not necessarily privy to in terms of people I talk to so for me you know talking to Miss Pat and having her be able to frame it with a certain amount of um an amazing amount of humility and an amazing amount of humor was was just fucking mind-blowing to me and it maybe maybe i'm shut off maybe you know i'm uh, i don't think i'm closed-minded in any way but i do not know the experience and uh and it was it was it was powerful there's there's no way there's no way to, uh, other way to frame it other than powerful and powerfully funny but it it is sort of uh upsetting to me that that i don't I don't know. I don't have a real sense of, of, of that experience. And and all I can look at it is is as as a as a social phenomenon or or a political phenomenon or, or just a, 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 a very sad and tragic phenomenon that this that that ghetto life still exists and persists. And uh, when even when I talk to Miss Pat, it's like you don't get the feeling that it's ever going to end. It's almost like it's relentless. Very devastating. But nonetheless, this is uh, Miss Pat is certainly the best person available for me to talk to uh, about her story and and for me to learn something and hear somebody uh, whose experience is completely different than mine. So let's go to, let's talk to Miss Pat. And, you know, and uh, like I said, get ready. So, Miss Pat, I, I guess I'm the last podcaster to get you. How many have you done now? You done everybody's?
1: Just about everybody. I've done all the
0: good ones. How about that? Oh, that's good. That's good. I don't know how I missed you. How did I miss you?
1: Oh, Oh. don't nobody know who the fuck I am, Mark. (laughs) That's going to change, Pat. (laughs) I see. I see. That's what Joe Rogan said when I did his. Oh, really? He said you're about to happen? That's what he said. He said I'm about to pop like a chicken, but I was like, you must haven't seen my stomach. I'm wearing a spank. (laughs) (laughs) But you've been around for how long? I've been doing comedy 12 years.
0: 12 years? Yeah. And where'd you start
1: out at? Atlanta.
0: Is that where you grew up?
1: I'm born and raised, but I live in Indiana, Indianapolis now.
0: How'd you end up in Indianapolis? My
1: fucking husband worked <laughs>
0: at General Motors. and That's a he, good job, right?
1: Yeah, he didn't want to take the buyout, so he didn't want to go to Dallas. Yeah. So. We moved to Indy.
0: But uh, was that a big change? Must be a big change.
1: Hell, yes. See, that was a big, and <laughs> slower. Nobody can fix hair there. Um, it's, we live in a neighborhood with all white people and they all know each other and they all go to church every week. and the, they
0: Was that like, but is that, is, is it weird? Do you go to church with them? Do you no, get I don't lo- go
1: to fucking church with them. <laughs> they, they were so homey. And so yeah. when I first started in Atlanta, you know, when you're a comic, you got to get out and grind your that's ass right. off. Yeah. And that's something my husband and I understand so he moved me to this small city say well you know hopefully this shit is just you know a little phase she going through Right. And oh the comedy yeah the comedy
0: yeah well, you get past that
1: and then you know i, I started in like an urban setting so right. it was no urban setting there in right Indy, so i had to kind of figure out well shit how do i write something for everybody
0: yeah and well we were just talking about that before uh we were coming out here that we're both doing this show today and you you're concerned about it
1: I'm, yeah, I'm always concerned about it. I mean, it's comedy central, you know, and I'm kind of intimidated. Then I look and I'm taping with you and fucking um, Joe <laughs> Rogan. Oh my God, why they got me taping with him? I'd rather tape with a bunch of nobodies. than, but my manager was like, Pat, come on, just get over it, okay? You, yeah. you, ju- you just as good as anybody else. You've been
0: doing it 12 years and your life story is compelling and you're a natural storyteller, but you're still a little hard on yourself.
1: I'm always hard on myself. But in white audiences, make you nervous. White people used to make me nervous. I'm black, Mark. Damn. <laughs> I committed a bunch of crimes before this shit. Well, so that
0: nervousness goes both ways, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> well, it, it has a lot to do with my childhood because, you know, I, I grew up in, I grew up in the inner city of Atlanta. I grew up with an alcoholic mom, you know, who taught me, you know, like, and, and literally she told me this. She said, white people are better than you, so don't ever look them in the eye. So when you raise a k- kid like that, I grew up really thinking that y'all was so much different from me. So when I became a comedian and I started talking about my life, you know, people like, oh my God, Uh, you funny and i'm like oh who the fuck are you and get away from me i'm talking about shit from the hood you can't relate right and so they just took a like white people took people took a liking to me and i wasn't used to white people taking a liking to me and i realized fuck we all the same yeah taught my mama that stupid
0: shit well i think that stupid shit had been being taught for generations yeah i mean i how long had she had her family been in atlanta
1: I mean, oh, 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 they was born and raised there, from well, the south.
0: Yeah, so the south is the south. Yes. You know, that shit gets ingrained in your head.
1: Yeah, and and that's what you know. That's what she taught me. And then you know, it, it's the cycle that went through our family: teenage pregnancy. Right. My mama had her first kid at fifteen. I had my first kid at fourteen. Really? Yeah, I had two kids by the time I was sixteen. So my, you know, she, she used to tell me stuff like, if a man don't beat you, he don't love you. So <laughs> honestly, I when my baby daddy would punch me in the same. Aisle, on Friday, I was like, oh, this Negro love me. But one time he hit me with a skate and I was like, fuck it, this love, I can do without it. How how many sisters and brothers do you have? I have one sister and three brothers. And they're all around? They all right? Yeah, well, they're all on drugs. Except one brother. (laughs) I fucked up, you know, upbringing, but, you know, my sister's on drugs. She just got out of jail. My brother, uh, he's in jail. My other brother, In and out of jail. But that's how we grew up. That's the cycle of the ghetto. It's like you just keep recycling shit. What is it that stops people from, like, you got out? You got to want to get out. And, you know, that's the question I get answered a lot. They was like, you know, because I was 16 years old with two kids. By a married man. that beat on me all the fucking time. By a
0: married man. He was married. And you were just across town kind of thing?
1: Well, his wife lived in Decatur. I lived in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he was married when I first met him. I was 12 when I met him. He was 22. Oh, my God. How'd you meet him? coming from a fucking ymca party for kids
0: and he was a like a counselor or something
1: no he was a kid
0: too he's 22 that's not. no not a he was
1: he thought he was a kid he was my sister was dating one of his friends uh-huh so we was coming from a party he had a car so he gave us all a ride right and i was the only one that didn't have a boyfriend at night because my sister and my cousin had a boyfriend right but you know, he thought I, I had a really nice figure. Hey, you were twelve. <laughs> fuck yeah! You know, all twelves are y'all look like they're ready to fuck, but they're really not. Right? You know, like pick, picking the fucking tomato too soon. Yeah. So he thought, you know, I he thought I I guess he thought I looked good. He was the first person that ever really paid me some attention yeah so you know i didn't get any attention i didn't have a fucking daddy so i didn't get any attention from my mom and i didn't get any attention from my brother so he act like i was the shit and i didn't know in return you had to get this grown-ass dude pussy yeah so you know i went along with it i thought he loved me so you had two years before you give him pussy no i mean i think i was 12 and um i turned 13 at the, at a couple of months out then i got pregnant
0: oh my god yeah so, well so can we this guy's a child molester is what he was
1: you know what? He now he's a child molester. Right. But then you ask him that he he's your age. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you that he's not. Yeah. He'll tell he'll and I asked him one time and I say you know I don't I don't want to say i kind of fought you for fucking up my life i said but what do you have to say he said well uh i said i was 12 years old who fucked 12 years yeah he said your yeah, mind and body wasn't 12 that shit hit me in my chest like a brick yeah well that's
0: a, well that's a rationalization
1: yeah that's I mean, how yeah. child molesters think <laughs> yeah hey, <these> are, <laughs> if it got a little hair on it it's ready <laughs> <Does> it, <laughs> is there others though I mean was he
0: a guy that you, you,
1: Yeah, I think it was, but he always know? messed with younger girls. Yes, right. he had like 20 some kids. You know, I got pregnant 20 kids. Yeah, he had a bunch of fucking kids.
0: So you're you got a uh, your kids got a bunch of like 20 step half brothers. Yeah, no, we, in
1: the hood we don't count that no, was outside the family. Okay. We don't do that half <laughs> shit. <laughs> Unless it's by the mama and you live in that household.
0: <laughs> that it's just another kid. Yeah. That you just, might be related to. Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. But the good thing about this dude, he signed all the kids' birth certificates so they know, you know, on Facebook they all connect, but not in person. Because okay. they see that name, like, hey, is your daddy there? And it was like, oh, that's my daddy. Oh, really? Another one of y'all just popping up out of nowhere? <laughs> oh, my God. So, you know.
0: So there's a whole fan group or a whole, like, yeah. Uh, it's a, a bunch
1: of them, you know.
0: Now, did he have a relationship with, with with, uh, with your kids? I mean, throughout you, it? you
1: know what, Mark? I tell you, he took me through a lot. Like, he beat me. He shot me. He shot you. Yes, he shot me in the back of the head.
0: In the back of the head. <laughs> yes. On purpose.
1: And he said it was a mistake, but, you know, he said the gun went off, but you know because he it, was hitting me with the gun so he said it was a mistake i think he was trying to fucking kill me i was 15, i was 15 at the time so um but
0: how how does it get to that point i mean so he's 15 you, he, he's married you're 15 yeah i was 15 at the time he shot me right so but you got his kid at 13 and he's and yet he but two. by this
1: time you got to remember you gotta to control something you got to manipulate it mm-hmm. so by this time whatever he said went you yeah. know i was just fucking naive because I, I i think i was a young girl Looking for now, I realize I was a young girl looking for a father figure. Sure. So now you got you got me, and I'm thinking that you you know you the answer to all. You, you, you finally I found somebody that loved he me he
0: just stepped in and took over
1: he stepped in and took over he showed me what I didn't get at home love right you know in the beginning compassion he, he t- to me he was taking care of me yeah so he was my fucking answer he was my white knight right but then that's when the abuse come you know the talking down to me I'm bitches I'm whole beating on me I'm fucking 14 what do I know about having a man yeah. what do I know about living what do I know about anything I mean you I get pregnant and I don't even know you married to your wife knock on my door
0: and what happened that day
1: i was i was 13 she knocks on my door and she asked for me because my my street name Was was rabbit
0: was she a grown woman
1: yeah, she was like 19. Hmm. So she well. knocks on my door and she said, uh, I want to see Rabbit. And I said, I'm Rabbit. I'm thinking she's some bitch that want to play with me in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'm, I'm, I'm pregnant, but I'm really a kid. Yeah. So she told me who she was and that she was uh, having, she was there, she was his wife. Uh. And I was so fucking confused. And I'm like, a wife? And I was like, well, how's you his wife? You got to be his girlfriend yeah. first. I'm his girlfriend. Yeah. And she was like, how old are you? I said, I'm 13. I'm so she pulled me <laughs> outside, I yes. disappointed true story yeah. and we talks about we, she buy me ice cream from the truck <laughs> and she wanted to discuss me having an abortion <laughs> and I was like no And I'm like, you know, all you're going to give me is a fucking bum pop to kill my baby. But in my (laughs) mind, if I had this baby, it'll be somebody that loved me. Yeah. And that was the main reason that I kept that baby. Because at that time, he wasn't beating on me. It wasn't until after I had that first baby, then he got me. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everything. It was like crack. It was like crack or heroin. Any strong drug out there. That's how I I had to have him. Right. Whatever he said, that went. And, you know, plus I had a mama that taught me early on, if a man don't beat you, don't love you so i'm thinking every punch is a fucking valentine gift yeah yeah and it, it, but, but you felt the pain yes but i had to grow up i had to start to say i started saying you know well what what the fuck i, I had a daughter what was so crazy and she see him stomping me and beating me and putting his, you know talking to me in a kind of way i said well fuck how's she gonna grow up and get a man to treat her if if he's treating me like
0: when did you have that realization how old were you
1: after Mm, probably about six, about fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, yeah.
0: And your mother was just—was she drunk all the time? Or she
1: was drunk pretty much all the time. And my mama died when I was sixteen, so I'm out there with two kids and no six, mama, no mama, no daddy. Oh my god! Raising two kids, and I started selling crack. So when I started selling crack, that was the way for me to, you know, take care of my kids because who really gonna give a sixteen year old a job? I tried to get a job. Where? um i used to i tried to waitress at the waffle house mm-hmm. not the waffle i was called the Heather house back then yeah and so you know i was trying to go to school and do the right thing because i had two fucking kids but it wasn't working and i tried to get better jobs and they was like where's your work permit like i got fucking two kids who need a work permit when they got two kids so are you still going to school with the kids I was trying, yeah, because yeah. I was in it what, eighth grade?
0: Yeah, I can't yeah. believe, it. it just seems overwhelming to me.
1: Everybody, you know, people, my main question I get is, how you survive? I don't fucking know. All I had, all I kept thinking of, I got to figure out a way to get my, so my kids don't be recycled into this bullshit that I was born into.
0: Right, so when you're so when you're a kid, you got what, you, you say you got one sister and two brothers? Three brothers. Three brothers, and you're all in the same house, what's the age difference?
1: Uh, we all about two years apart. Same father? supposedly <laughs> I can't tell when I got a brother who looked like he biracial yeah. so and my daddy is fucking extra black like he played on the Django and I'm sitting up here and I'm brown skinned and my mama dog skinned I'm like some of this shit ain't adding up somebody was creeping somewhere so supposedly we supposed to have the same father and you never met him or you did oh yeah I took care of him the last three four years of his life after I got to know him really and when uh, well, how old were you when you got to know him uh, I met him for the first time. He stopped by my house when I was like 11 to whoop us. And so he fucked around and hit us. Never seen this dude a day in my life. And he just he, came by to hit you? He came out to whoop my sister's ass, but he couldn't tell us apart. Uh, why was he whooping your sister's ass? Because she's supposed to have been disrespecting to my mama and so I walk in the door and he don't know me from my sister and he hit me and at the time I'm really into wrestling so I beat the shit out of him me and my brother we tagged each other in we was DDTing him and everything We was kicking his ass yeah so that was the first time I met him then he disappeared then later on in life when I became a kind of a big drug dealer I was seeing from time to time
0: to sell him drugs no 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 he wasn't on drugs he was an alcoholic oh just an old school
1: old school alcoholic yeah Yeah. (laughs) I don't think I want to sell my parents <laughs> Bought what? my mom a lot of weed. Yeah? Yeah. Did your mom, like, in, how did
0: she handle all the kids? I guess it sounds like everybody just raised themselves, anyways. Yeah, but you because figured out the neighborhood raised you. Um, in a way, because everybody was around.
1: Well, my brothers then was in and out of jail. Yeah, and my mama just—I moved out when I was sixteen, like sixteen. After see what it was is, I got pregnant again. I had a baby at fourteen, had a baby at fifteen. I got pregnant at sixteen. Yeah, so I we had a caseworker. This is back when the caseworkers used to come to your house. Right. So I told the caseworker, I said. I don't want to have another baby because I cannot afford it but this dude has got my mind I gotta figure out something so she said well let me show you how to become emancipated minor and you can get your own abortion yeah. so I got my first abortion when I was 16 after I divorced my mama uh-huh. so once I did that you had to it-
0: divorce your mama
1: yeah, you have to, to be emancipated. Oh, to,
0: oh, to, uh, to, yeah, emancipated to from the slavery of motherhood.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty fucking much.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: once I became an emancipated minor, I got my own welfare check and I got my own food stamp. So I moved out.
0: Mm-hmm. And you'd already had two kids.
1: I already had two kids. From the, I,
0: that same dude. The
1: same dude. And uh, the
0: third one was his too.
1: The third one was his too.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> well this is well, see this is like this is why it's so astounding, I think, and why you know with with all these uh these white dudes you're on the on the podcast is like we never get to hear stories like this from somebody who's telling them directly to us with a certain amount of transcendence with a certain amount of confidence in somebody who's come through something yeah yeah we just I don't know why it works like that because i I wonder about like I have a hard time getting black comics on my show because i don't I don't know why we don't talk more, but then we just don't.
1: Cause society wants to stay divided. (laughs) Is it society? I can blame society. I mean, it's just. I mean, they tell you the the mainstream media make us look one way. Then they tell you what they perceive what the ghetto is about, and you know they come up with all these ideas of what really goes on in the ghetto when they don't know shit. Yeah,
0: they don't know shit. Well, I think that's what's amazing about the stuff that I've seen of yours is, and the reason why you know I think that you're 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 not going to have any problem translating, and that your fears, though, you have them. The thing is, is that I think that in my mind, there is a stereotype that that is that is hit over the head that, you know, that this is the way it is. And a lot of times it it, the story of transcending that and saying, like, I lived it. This is my truth. And and this is this is why it's fucked up is is different than like, you know, just playing along with the stereotype.
1: Well, my thing is more is that sometimes I get like I talk to my manager a lot and I get I, I get a little worried about is people thinking that I'm the same person that I was back then because I, I mean I remember telling the story about how when I used to when I used to sell crack I used to make a lot of fucking money and a lot of my hiding spots was in my kids underwear yeah. so this guy was like how who want to talk to somebody who hid drugs in their kids underwear so I'm like do you understand that I was 16 at the time with two fucking kids I was a fucking kid myself I didn't know right from wrong really yeah you know what I'm saying I'm doing what I see everybody else is doing and one of the things that kind of bothers me do people think that patricia today is that same person who rabbit was which was my street name yeah. in 1988 i'm not the same fucking person i wouldn't dare do the things that i did and either with you yeah. i mean you 50 look at the shit you probably did we don't even know yeah, would I, you would you make the same mistakes that you made
0: i i would not hide crack in my daughter's underwear again
1: uh, <laughs> me either <laughs> You know, you know, my son don't remember a lot of this shit, but my daughter do. Oh, yeah. And I, I had to go tell my daughter, I did a lot of this stuff to survive. I was not the best mom. I was a kid like you. But my whole thing was keeping us together. And my daughter, don't she don't look down on me like that. And she said, you know, I give you props because you could have dropped me off anywhere. You yeah. could have lost me. You always taking care of me. How old is she now? My daughter's 28 amazing and i kept her from going through half of the shit like i was molested and went through a whole bunch of shit i talked to my even after i got married i told my daughter every day i said if my husband ever touch you i will fuck him up nobody means more to me than you do you got molested too on top of everything else <laughs> well that's I mean, way before <laughs> arguably you were you were molested when that guy got you
0: pregnant i mean yeah but, i went but, through a lot of shit before that
1: yeah people coming uh, in and out of the house well i was mother. raised in a bootleg house yeah you know, we, we was raised in my grandfather's bootleg house where you had drunk people there around the clock. What was it rural? Where's a bootleg house? It was bootleg house in Atlanta. You know what a bootleg sure. house? Sure, well it's a,
0: what uh, illegal
1: liquor, right? Illegal liquor, yes. And they were
0: making it there.
1: My grandfather was.
0: But was it, i I pictured that to be more of a country situation.
1: Um I guess it was like country back in the you know, the seventies <laughs> and eighties. Shit! They done not cut down a few trees what, and made where, a few rows now. Yeah, where was the still Where where'd they make it? Well, he bought it. He oh, okay. went out and bought it and okay. brought it back in gallon jugs. I see. And he had customers. So he went day. to the hills and he, he went somewhere and got, got it, it. And on the bus.
0: And they, on the bus,
1: yes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> not a truck. He's no, just, he bring he the bring about
1: five or six gallons back on a model bus. So this
0: is your mother's father. We lived with him. Yeah, and how, in a house, big in house. a house, big house, in the cater. So so you never know who's gonna come through a bootleg house.
1: No, it was all. Always drunks and prostitutes and construction workers and normal man before the lottery came out. Uh-huh. So, you know, it was shit like that. And somebody got to you. Well, what you think? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess a party's a party. <laughs> well, you, so you know, know, when, when,
1: <laughs> when you're not watching your kids, anybody can anybody right. fucking get to them. But I said what I went through, my daughter, my kids would never go through. So even after I was married and my daughter was in high school, I still questioned her to one day we had a conversation. She was like, can you please stop asking me this? You've been asking me this for 10 years Which now. Which ones? Which my, questions? I said, if my husband ever touched you, I'll kill him. And she was like, Mom, by now don't you think I would have told you? <laughs>
0: this is the husband you're with now. Yes. <laughs> you trust him now, though
1: will you I, I'm from I mean I'm from a background where you can only trust people so much of course I trust him but you know people pop up all the day all the time and you not really know their character right Right. That, it's well, like yeah. you, yeah, you probably thought you had a friend and turned out that fucker wasn't a friend yeah, yeah yeah. people will surprise you people will surprise you in this fucking world so you know <laughs> I trust him honestly I do but you know it's, I mean I've been let down so much in my life you only get so much
0: right so, so okay so you, you sort of temper your trust you know like it's it's there but you know it's always ready to be shattered somehow
1: well you, well, yeah pretty much <laughs> but was your your grandfather sounds like a character was he a nice guy uh yeah I mean he was a nice guy he ran a bootleg house and you know we, we did a lot of shit in that house I saw a lot of shit in that house like I saw him shoot a lady like with two pistols at one time you did yeah I was like seven years old and dead no nah, she wasn't dead cause I guess he wasn't that good he shot her with a 38 that's a big gun big yeah. enough not well, a 22 he well, shot her. I, he shot it hit her in the stomach and the legs and shit and i remember him shooting her fingers off what yeah
0: he shot her fingers off
1: that he shot yeah. like one thing because she would call him a black faggot uh-huh. so she he shot her and her finger went off and and it how was, old are you i was probably about seven. Oh my god yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite a quite a life there yeah i mean we saw everything what the, so what what she was just drunk and fucked she up? called him a black she called him a black faggot and that was it and you know you don't call old black men faggots. <laughs> so you get your fingers shot off. Yeah, you get your fucking fingers shot off. No, so he what, shot him. But it sounds like what, well, what happened after that? Were there cops? I mean, well, he said what he told my aunt that day, and he said, uh, "Go." pull out the moonshine and I'm thinking uh, pull out the moonshine this bitch out here on the ground dad <laughs> yeah. and uh, he was like call you know then call the police and my, and my, oh, my hide, uh, the shit. hide the shit yeah she yeah. had to go pull it out and then she called 911
0: oh, and they gave
1: him I think they gave him like 15 years in prison for shooting that lady because we thought she was going to die but she didn't die
0: she didn't die but no. he did jail time so that was the end of the bootleg house
1: yeah that's and so stuff. we moved and that's when a lot of shit started to you know that when the foundation started to crumble because granddaddy always had a foundation right. you, at least she was going to eat and have a place to stay
0: and so after that after he went to jail your mom had to go out on her own and she was what 20
1: um She was in her 20s, yes, which was an alcoholic, came out of an abusive relationship with my real daddy. I was a baby when she left him. And she was just, my mama had an old spirit. She just, whatever my daddy did to her, she never fucking bounced back. Because I had a stepfather that she just took all that anger out on this little nice dude, was a mechanic. And so when he left, we was just fucked. She just To me, she gave up. I guess it's
0: hard not to when you grow up in that. You don't know any better. and I mean, I, I mean, it's amazing that you found the fortitude to, to at least know better.
1: Well, you know, I wanted better. Those kids made me strive. Even, uh, Well, I say this. It started back when I was in elementary school. I had a teacher. Name is true. She died this year. And she used to tell me. I used to go to school. I was dirty because my mama didn't really give a fuck. And she was like my second or third grade teacher. And she said... <laughs> Pat, you can be anything in the world you want to be. All you got to do is believe and dream. And I'm 42, Mark. And I still, when I'm getting low, I always quote Miss Troop. When I did time in prison, I always quoted Miss Troop. This this is how I started, but this is not how I'm going to end up.
0: Well, it seems like you're doing all right now.
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: All right, let's go back to like, all right, so now you're 12 years old. You started this relationship with this dude. He's 22. You have his baby. Then he starts beating on you. And then you have another one of his babies. Yep. And because the, all the beatings, they that means love to you.
1: Yeah, at that point, yeah. Yeah,
0: so you got two babies, and now when was the first time you got shot?
1: Um, I was over at my house with dating another dude, and he come over there acting like he's jealous. So you know, in the hood, ain't nothing like seeing your man fight over your oh That means something. Uh-huh. And he was a pussy. He didn't hit the dude. He let the dude go and hit me, and the gun went off, and supposedly fucking blew a nice little piece of my head off in the back. Yeah, I guess it just cracked my skull. I don't really know. But you yeah. didn't. You you got lucky. I got lucky. <laughs> he, so, but he carried a gun. Yeah, he always carried a gun because he was a pussy. <laughs> So after that, you know, uh, I immediately after I got out of the hospital, I went back with him because I was like, "Oh, he loved me. He shot me. Fucking stupid as all get out." Then I get shot again. This all in the same year, uh, arguing with a dude in a trap. You know what that is? Where they sell the drugs at? And just jealous, and he shot me in my fucking titty and blew my nipple off. From the side, I guess. He went up under my arm. Yeah. With a forty-five and blew, blew my fucking nipple
0: off. Yeah. So you're one nipple shy.
1: Well, it's it's, it's there. (laughs) It might be scattered, smothering its cover. (laughs) It's just a unique nipple now. It's special There's some damaged areola going on. (laughs) It's still suckable.
0: (laughs) Didn't lose your sensitivity, did you?
1: Uh, For a while, but... It's back? Yeah, it's (laughs) back now. It's like having a C-section. You be numb for a while, and after you look up one, they're like, damn, I feel something down there. (laughs) Finally. Good. Yes.
0: Well, well, that's a, so when you started selling drugs, it was out of, just out of desperation to keep the kids fed.
1: Um, I, it was something that was going on in my community. Everybody was selling, either you were smoking it or you were selling it. And I've never been into drugs and alcohol and shit like that. So I was like, and everybody, you know, was looking nice, started to look like, they call them cracky. They were mm-hmm. just looking horrible. I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing this shit. So, but, but So that was the
0: first wave of it.
1: Yeah, so I started selling drugs, and I, I got really- But then how
0: you getting drugs? Do you got another dude you got to deal with that's watching, you know, that's like on top of you with, with his drugs?
1: I no, mean- no, no. Actually, I started with my welfare check. I went out, and I bought $250 worth, and $250 worth should bring you $500. Then I partnered up with a friend um, in my old neighborhood, and we just put our money together, and we just kept flipping it and kept flipping it. So that's when you took the nickname Rabbit? No, I was always called Rabbit as a kid.
0: Who did that? Your grandfather? My my stepfather called me
1: Rabbit. So when, I mean, I couldn't go out there and say, Patricia, that shit don't sound tough at all. No. So I can't, everybody, you know, you in the hood, everybody got a nickname. Slim, Black, you know, Big Daddy, Little Daddy, Fat Man. So you got to have a nickname.
0: So that's what's interesting to me about, like, the community, because it seems that despite the fact that shit was horrible, that the community sort of stays intact and everybody watches everybody go through their shit and everyone
1: comes around. Some people don't make it. and But y'all know each other. Well, exactly. you know, you you get after a while, you get immune to that shit. You know, it just shit that go. It's a cycle. It just keep going. You know, I I I I tell a bit. I said, you know, it's like being on welfare. Welfare is like diabetes. If the mama get it, there's a good chance the daughters might get it. So it's just a cycle, and it's and it's up to you say, hey, I don't want to be in this cycle anymore. You know, my mama was a teenage mom. I was a teenage mom. My sister was a teenage mom. Her girls are teen. I got a niece twenty years old with five fucking kids.
0: God damn it. Who are these guys fucking these little kids?
1: Well, she's 20. The Guys, her age is fucking her. But it's okay. It's a cycle. But if she's got five, she must have started when she was 15. No, she probably started when she started in elementary school. I mean, like 12.
0: Oh, my God. I, I don't know
1: how it's the goes. real fucking world that people don't really know that exists. I mean, it's a cycle. It just keep going. It keeps going until but, but it's
0: interesting. It's a real world in, in, in that community. But y- you know, like in, in the world that, that I live in, you know, child molesting is like way up there on the, like that's fucked up, but it seems like that's just something that happens. And it's drugs or shooting people that gets people put in jail. But I mean, child molesting seems just par for the course.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: (laughs) you're pretty much right there. They just let it keep happening. No one's calling anybody on that one and I I think that because of that that's why the the same patterns repeat themselves yeah teenage pregnancy drugs child
1: molesting all of that stuff and you know and I I just I have a niece that have four kids that live with me right now that dropped out I had custody of my sister's kids for 10 years she came back and got them so i was like okay bitch these are your kids do what you want to do with them but I try to stop that fucking cycle of dropout, teenage pregnant, because, you know, it didn't happen to my daughter. She came in and got her daughter. Her, her daughter, who lives with me now, has yeah. four kids and 23. So I'm telling my niece when you get out of the hood, don't fucking go back. It's like fucking getting out of jail. Don't go commit another crime to do to go back to jail. My niece fought me like a dog in the beginning. Oh, you live in this big old house in this white neighborhood? You want to act like you bougie? You want to act like you better? I say, bitch, I'm trying to survive. I'm trying to show my kids something better. I'm trying to make sure my kids graduate and don't have kids. And it took me about three to four months to dig in her brain to realize her getting turned up don't pay no fucking bills boo boo yeah. getting turned up don't don't provide for your kids getting turned up don't help your kids but get a better better education living in the hood she finally realized she called me yesterday she said I'm so glad that you got us out the hood and I said well what went on my niece my niece who got the five kids her kid's father had some kids the little boy shot himself in the face yesterday in Atlanta. Oh my three God. years old. And she said, that's coulda that could have been my son. You know why? Cause y'all too busy getting turned up, getting high, putting guns and drugs around these kids. Because it's okay. It's okay if your past is hanging and you being tough. You I mean that's the image that you want to show your young black your young black uh kid.
0: It's amazing that it took four months for her to realize any sort of oh, truth. Shit, I'm that. still
1: fighting her. I'm still fighting her. But she's beginning to realize. She's she's like, Oh, you think you you know, at first she was saying, I think I'm better than everybody. I said, No, bitch. I work hard to get where well, I'm mean, at. I work hard to keep my daughter before becoming a teenage mom. My daughter is the first one, Mark, yeah. in, in three generations to graduate high school. She's the first one to ever go to college. In three generations as I can remember So to get my daughter to that point Not her be pregnant you know Not her being on drugs Not her dropping out Not giving me problems That was a milestone When that girl walked down that aisle And got that high school diploma I I cried so hard But my daughter said What are you crying for I said to myself If you knew what I went through in life To get you to this point The cycle is finally broken Mm -hmm. the cycle is finally broken in my family because nobody graduated my sister got my sister I had my sister oldest daughter she did graduate but the rest of her girls pregnant on drugs babies babies they low these bitches have babies like babies don't even cost money And I had to explain to my niece, do you know when you have these kids and you go on welfare and you sell your kid's social security number and people get tax money for it? Do you know where that money comes from? That's not your fucking money. Mm. Those are people who pay their taxes, taking out of their money, giving it to you. Like your Uncle Gary, who makes good money but got to put back into the system to help your lazy ass. It's, it's, It's inherited. Being lazy is inherited. But it's all, yeah, but also this weird fear of betraying
0: the shit. Like they like, I don't want to betray the, the the shit that you know that I live in. That that's that's amazing to me that it took you four months just to convince her. It's like you're not betraying anybody yes. by getting out of that shit.
1: But they, but that's how you think. Oh, I gotta stay real to what I am. Fuck them. Do you know I only go see my family when they die at a funeral. I'm not taking my kids around that shit. They fight at funerals. They they don't mind cutting the shit out of each other. They don't mind acting a fool. I, after I got out of there with my husband, I never looked back. My kids wasn't around that shit. My kids went to good school system. I work with my kids. I don't hide my background from my kids. My kid, I dropped out of school in the fucking eighth grade. I mean, I have a son that's 28 and a daughter that's 27. Both of them graduated, and I have two teenagers now. Think you know, I don't have problems out of, but it's not easy. You
0: have two new younger kids,
1: yeah, by my husband. I have a 16 year old and a 14 year old.
0: Oh, that's and
1: and that's going well. That's going well. But I am i mean, I am i don't fucking sugarcoat nothing. I yeah. t- you know, my daughters they know my, my, all my kids know my background. Right. They know I had kids, y'all. They know I dropped out. I'm always telling them, society don't owe you shit. What you put into life is what you're going to get out of life. Right. So don't waste your time putting nothing into life and thinking society owe you shit. I grew up thinking society owed me something because I had two babies by a married man. I fucking dropped out of school. I, I had actually convinced myself that I never had a... I never had a beginning. So why should I be out here working and doing what I supposed to do right? Trying to get my life back together when I never had a chance. So I was at my lowest point. I was like, fuck it. Nobody gave me a chance. I got pregnant at 13. I dropped out of school. What the fuck am I supposed to do with an eighth grade education. But then, my husband was like society don't owe you shit stop crying about the shit that you get that you went through and do something with your life what you gonna do now you still alive I could see if you was dead and you was complaining but you still alive (laughs) where's he from he's from Atlanta too oh yeah yeah and not, not from the same neighborhood. No, he grew up with a mom and daddy, sixteen of them, and you know. Oh yeah, yeah. They a little with more the church Every day, yeah. Church, family. <laughs> yeah, family. Family not, comes first. Not chaos. <laughs> not chaos. Because when I tell these stories to him, he's like, "Oh, fuck!" <laughs> Sometimes he can't believe it, and he black. <laughs> well, that's it. Well, that's also an
0: interesting thing. The difference between, I mean, I mean, Chris Rock talked about it too. But there's, what is the tension between middle class blacks and where you come from? Is there judgment? Is there fuck weirdness? It. Yeah, it's
1: judgment because you know, it's like it's like like I, I consider myself a middle class black, but when I go around my family, they be like, "Oh, you so bougie! You think you this? No, motherfucker! I go to work. I pay my taxes. It's called go to work and work hard. And if that job ain't working out for you, go get another goddamn job." And what do they respond to that? Well, like, oh fuck you! You bougie! You this! You that! Oh, <laughs> uh, you could do the same shit I did. When when did you have this? the
0: the moment of clarity do you can you is, was there a moment where you're like fuck I mean, outside of, in retrospect, because you said you were on the streets, you were selling, you didn't, have, you, didn't you didn't, end up hooking, which is good, right? No, nah, I don't sell no pussy. That's <laughs> too much work.
1: <laughs> and man, you know, Crackhead brought the price of pussy down, so you was only yeah. getting $5 for blowjob. And I'm not in today anyway, and I'm not selling no pussy. too hard to clean out, Mark, for $5. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Um, I think I just started, in my, you know, I had a- I You had did a, jail time, though? Yeah, I, did, I went to jail for trafficking drugs. How long? A year.
0: was that a fucking wake-up call
1: well you know what that that set me down mark and um it made me i missed my daughter kindergarten year and that shit hurted me and it also ruined the relationship with my daughter for years we could not bond because to her i was a bad person let me back up let me tell you why because my daughter i sold drugs in front of her elementary school elementary school students no, 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 oh, okay. no, no, no. In front of her school <laughs> yeah. was where my trap right. was. Okay. And my everybody knew that my daughter mom was on that corner selling drugs every day and i think the principal did this shit on purpose he always put her classroom on the side where i sold drugs at so she would see me out there so one day she tell me she say you know mama um i really want to transfer and i think she's like second grade and i was like why she's like because i get tired of looking out of my school when seeing you sell drugs in front of my school and that shit hit me in the chest like a brick but of course i'm in the hood and i gotta be tough i was like uh i don't want to hear that shit i was here first I'm grandfathered in. We're going to find you another school. So, you know, that's how I'm thinking, you know, <laughs> yeah. not being just as a fucking dumbass. Right. So when I missed her kindergarten year, it kind of started me saying, I got to get my shit together. Yeah. And she didn't like me for years. We still getting back together now. because They're 28-year-old? Well we, we're we a lot closer mm-hmm. yeah. now Plus my Let me say this My twenty year, 28 year old Is gay So that's another thing I've been to prison I didn't like gay women And all I talk about I hate gay people I hate, ga- I hate gay bitches I hate gay bitches And then when my daughter Came out to be gay And I was like Well why do I hate gay bitches They didn't rape me Well you know Who, who am I <laughs> to judge somebody For their fucking sexuality right. And realize I fucking love my daughter-in-law I got a new daughter-in-law Who's white That look like fucking Justin Beavers So, <laughs> 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 so you
0: Okay Robin that thick. That well I
1: had to learn you know I had to learn well that's you something
0: know? else that comes from growing up you know, yeah in the judgment. black
1: community because we we don't oh my god you gay you're outcast but you know you take away that person's sexuality judging for their character who yeah. are they are they nice are they respectful to you? Do they treat you like a human being? Right. That's what it all come down to.
0: But you had to learn that, too.
1: I had to learn that, too. I I learned everything. The streets taught me shit. I learned shit along the way. And people, I started to surround myself around. Like, I, I told myself, when I started to get my life together, I said, if you didn't have a college degree... I didn't want you to be my fucking friend. I needed somebody I could learn from.
0: Right, but in in retrospect, you know, you have all these stories, and it seems that 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 most of the wisdom that you got from those stories was actually saying fuck that. That yeah. the wisdom was hard earned because you had to learn how to unlearn that shit. Yes, yes. So you know, outside of like doing what you had to do to get by and rising above it, it seems like a lot of the wisdom of the street doesn't necessarily
1: serve you in life it doesn't i mean it teach you it teach you fucking bad habits i mean you think you think you're going it's some uh, good stories though it's some good stories though i mean they made for good stories hey. i'm over this shit but i mean come on now 16 year old with two kids selling crack that i mean think about that i even think I was like, how the fuck did i get by you know i remember being in the car one time with my daughter and this dude was shooting at me with my fucking baby in the car so i'm like lay down but you know after a while you, you, you started training those kids to the ghetto. You hear shooting, you hit the fucking ground. Just like the firefighter used to come to the school and say, hey, you ever on fire? Drop, roll, and right. shit like that. So you're st- you, you trying to teach them survivor skills. Yeah, yeah. Well, my daughter hated that shit. She was like, she told me one day, she was like, you're gonna get me killed. On, on Ashford Grove. She was so fucking scared of grow Grove. I remember being in the house gambling one night and my daughter in the living room playing with her dog and I, I used to shoot crap like a motherfucker <laughs> and these guys started arguing. I'm like, man, y'all, come on. So they started arguing. It was like $50 to get in. One guy just shot the other guy in the chest and my daughter jumped up like a fucking jackrabbit and ran out that door and they just shooting in the house and I'm crawling out the house you know, trying to get away from it, hoping I don't get shot. My fucking daughter I'm not lying I think she ran almost a mile we had to get in the car to go get her we couldn't stop her and when I got her she was like you gotta get me killed you gotta get me killed how old was she Oh, uh, probably about five or six. Oh my god! And you know, and she remembered that kind of shit. But my son was a baby; he was a toddler. But she, were, you know, a smaller kid. But well, you remembered your grandfather shooting off some lady's fingers. How's she not going to remember that m- shit? Uh, of course, <laughs> <laughs> guns make an impression. Yeah, I mean, because and, and I started to realize like I'm exposing my kids to the shit I was exposed to. I tell you this quick story. My my grandfather, we stole some food stamps when we were little. My aunt, because Pac-Man was out. And we used to fucking love Patman yeah. to me Patman was escape away from the from the bootleg house, so we you know we didn't have no money. I used to have a lot of money but this my mama would, my mama taught me how to go in drunk people's pocket when they fell asleep at the lookout, house mm-hmm. and for every wallet I got I got $5 per wallet from your mother yes mm-hmm. as long as I put the wallet back take the money out and she give me $5 per person mm-hmm. so this weekend I didn't get any money then enough people fall asleep I guess yeah. so <laughs> I get my brother going there and steal my aunt food stamp. So back in the day, you could buy a 10-piece cent piece of candy, and they'd give you 90 cents back. So you just in there and play Pac-Man all day. Right. So we get back to the house. It's about 10 of us. We all promise we won't tell who stole the food stamp. We get back, and my granddaddy aunt is awake. And he was like, where's the fucking food stamp? Now, my granddad is a big old black man. It kind of looked like a big old ape, dark, yeah. with long plaits. And scary as fuck. So we standing there and I think I might be the youngest of the group and we standing there looking at him and he was like, Who stole the fucking food stamp? So he just grabbed a chair, threw a rope up in a beam that was in the ceiling, grabbed my cousin Fat Man, put the rope around his neck. He said, Now I'm gonna hang every one of you niggas if y'all don't tell me who stole the food stamp. He pulled that chair away from the front of my cousin and I almost shit it. I don't know if you've ever seen a black man hanging, but that is the most scarified yeah. shit as a kid. you <laughs> never seen that. Oh, man. Mark. You, I was like, uh, Granddaddy, aunt stole the food stamp. I don't want to <laughs> die before Miss Patman Man come out. <laughs> <laughs> what What happened to your cousin, Fat, fat <laughs> I think it was like a quick hang, yeah. but to me, he was up there for ten minutes. Mark, I almost shitted my pants, and all I'm thinking about, oh my, because he was like, I'm gonna start from the youngest to the old. I was like, hold on, goddamn it, I'm the youngest, and I'm next. Oh hell no, you uh, got to be told on. <laughs> oh my
0: god, that uh, those are some hard life lessons. Yeah, so, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now you so did you know did was religion part of
1: your life? Yes, uh, <laughs> I thought it was. We grew up christians and i'm um, like <laughs> we went to church but my mama went to church with a hustle in mind so like we went we went to different churches on Sunday and we would get baptized mm-hmm. because back then the church cared about you. If, you if you join the church and get baptized they would pay your you know help you with your bills yeah. so I ended up getting baptized like 25 times because this was my mama fucking hustle <laughs> and I didn't even know you were only supposed to get baptized <laughs> once you know my mama would open the phone booth like yeah we're gonna join this church right here today <laughs> you know they gonna help us with, my, with the utility well the, well the thing was is for them to help us we had to be baptized <laughs> so she schedule these <laughs> baptism. And I was like, I'm tired of this <laughs> baptizing <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> shut the hell up. You wanna eat. So when they get through baptizing, the church was giving my mama, you know, a check for our yeah. utilities yeah. and a box of food. Right. And that was our hustle. The every week. Almost yeah, every yeah. week, Mark. When uh, when we when we discover white churches, oh my God. <laughs> they wanna baptize you, kiss you, <laughs> give you clothes, give you extra boxes of food and Oh, my mom was going to give them sad stories and shit. (laughs) And she would say, don't you niggas smile one time while you at this church. (laughs) Like, who want to smile when you get us baptized two, three times a fucking day? (laughs) That's
0: a hell of a racket.
1: Yeah. So I didn't even realize it until I'm talking to my girlfriend one day. We saw her baptism. I was like, how many times you been baptized? She was like, once. I was like, why? I got baptized 25 times. (laughs) And she thought that was the funniest shit ever. She was like, Who in the hell baptized you 25 times? I said, well, who in the hell only baptized you once? (laughs) Your mom, I, your mom didn't have the angle. Yeah. She, she didn't realize what she could get. I asked my brother, I said, do you remember getting baptized a lot? He said, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I know, I should get into heaven. I'm one nipple less, and I've been shot twice, and hit by a dump truck, and I've been baptized 25 times. <laughs> oh, yeah. what, what was the,
0: the dump truck story is the same as the nipple story?
1: No, nah, I jumped off an of overpass. I saw my baby daddy cheating. So the overpass wasn't that high. I was fucking crazy when I was young, and I, I jumped onto his fucking truck <laughs> from the overpass. <laughs> yeah, he, he's like, hey, my, he didn't see me. I was like, You fucking saw me in the air yeah. hollering. What the fuck is this bitch doing in your car? <laughs> when I was young, I didn't think I could die. Did, I really, did, I was fucking crazy. Did you crazy. break anything? No, nah, I fucked up my leg but though Yeah, I fucked up my you, leg. You I jumped it. my young age, and I was a lot smaller. <laughs> overpass ain't really that high.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, what was this Jimmy Carter story? Oh, God, <laughs> I
1: was uh, when I was getting my life back together when uh, Bill Clinton went. No, was it Bill Clinton? Oh, yeah. Bill Clinton was in office the first time uh, he created the welfare to work program. Mm-hmm. So that's when you had to go to work. You couldn't sit on your ass anymore. Yeah. So I get this job at McDonald's. And I'm working at McDonald's and I'm, you know, I'm doing like most people at McDonald's. And in my, my neighborhood, I'm stealing a couple of dollars out the register every day. So I just stole some money and this black van started circling the, um, just circling around the building. And I'm like, holy fuck, they done call me stealing. You know, I'm going back to jail. Cause it was black with 10 and 1. Everybody know that's fucking police. Yeah. So uh, this white dude get out with a nice suit and a plug in it. It was secret service. Yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking like, who the fuck is he? And he, he hit an earpiece and he was like it's clear sending me and, and you're at the counter you're at the register yeah i'm at the register in walked yeah. jimmy carter yeah i couldn't remember his name for shit because jimmy carter fucking a 70s person yeah. and i was born in the 70s and he get to my register and i talk to him like somebody on the street so i look at jimmy carter i was like nigga where the fuck i know you from <laughs> And Secret Service fucking lost it. And I got a straight face because you know everybody's an N word in the yeah, hood. That's how we talk to each right, other. Right. And Jimmy Carter's like, young lady, young lady, young lady. I was like, you look familiar. <laughs> he turned pink, Mark. He turned pink. Uh, and um, the boy on the girl's like, Patricia, that's the president. <laughs> and I turned around and I told you I know you, nigga, your cheeseburger free. Jimmy Carter did not smile. I always wonder what he would remember me.
0: Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> If anything, for the free cheeseburger.
1: <laughs> I get, it was a cheeseburger, a side salad, and a water. And he was the only person in that McDonald's that, because we were just bullshitting. You know, I just stole a few dollars out the register, and we just standing there. You know, I'm smiling. can't wait to clock out. And in walk him. In walk Jimmy Carter. And, and I called my husband. You know, my husband is a very intelligent guy who reads all the time. You know, been in the military and shit. I said, like, oh, that nigga Jimmy Carter just left out of hell. He was like, Pat, please don't. Tell me you didn't say that. I was like, Yeah, I told that. Nigga I know him. He's like, Oh my god. I asked my husband, Why did you marry me? Was you trying to save somebody? <laughs> so, you got you were already married when you went into jail? No, uh-uh. I was I got married after I got out of jail and uh, I was eight, 19.
0: So, you're 19, you got two kids, and where do you meet the man that's going
1: to marry you? I meet him at a Bruce Bruce show. It was a lip singing comedy show. Uh-huh. So you either lip sing or you did comedy. So Bruce his, Bruce. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. his brother. Is that your first comedy show? That was the first comedy show I had ever been to.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And we went there for a night out, and I was like, hey, fat boy, you kind of cute. And in my head, I already had a now hiring baby daddy sign out. Uh-huh. I needed a baby daddy quick because I had a young black man that was growing up in the ghetto, and I needed somebody to show to be a father. And when he And the popped, other
0: guy though, the other guy that shot you and is he out of the picture completely? Did you No,
1: find- no, no, no. I'm still in love with this this negro right now at the time. Yeah. But when I met my husband yeah. and I was like ching ching, right. baby daddy. Right. Material. He had all his back teeth.
0: Yeah. He was
1: intelligent. <laughs> yeah. His tennis shoes was clean.
0: Yeah.
1: And he had a job. Yeah. And later on, I found out he had good credit. Now, I know you don't date black men, but it's hard to find them with good credit and a job and back teeth. <laughs> so to me, I hit a fucking jackpot. And he liked you. Uh, I think he liked me. <laughs> you,
0: just, you just walked up to him at a Bruce Bruce show? No, we
1: was we was all hanging out together. Oh, okay. He came with his brother and I came with my sister-in-law. Oh, we was okay. all just talking. I was like, he was kind of uh-huh. about ice cube size. Uh-huh. He's bigger now. But I was like, hey, fat boy, uh, you want to split some wings? That
0: was your line?
1: That was my line. He was <laughs> like, who the hell you calling fat? You know, he just got out of the military. He uh, think he all fit and shit. Yeah. And so I just started talking to him. And at the time, I was into forging chicks. So I would tell him, I done did a lot of shit, Mark. So I was like, hey, after I, we traded numbers, so I said, hey, come over to my house and give me a ride, you know, to Macy's or whatever. And I give and I get you a couple of polo shirts and shit like that. <laughs> You're going <laughs> to buy him some shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy him some shit. He was like, I don't want that stolen shit. <laughs> you know what he said? He, he's, uh,
0: he's saw you right through you huh?
1: Yeah because he's not he's not like he made me stop doing all that shit so he would come over to the house and shit and I was like well let me borrow your car so I can go out here and hustle and he would watch my kids mm-hmm. and so I remember one time he told me because he got tired of me just breaking the law he's like if you leave I'm gonna because t- I told him all these fucked up stories he's like if you leave these kids here with me I'm gonna touch them I said oh hell no y'all get in the car this nigga <laughs> tell my touch y'all but he did that so like he told me he's like I'm gonna smoke drugs if you don't stop selling drugs so uh-huh. I just gave it all up.
0: He must have been in the with you
1: he i think he was he i said, would say why
0: would he go why would he put himself through that We
1: and people ask him all the time because after we got married immediately i got custody of my sister four kids so here we are i'm 19 he's 21 and we got six kids and ain't now one of them his and, and his mom was like why would you stay with her <laughs> who wants somebody with six kids right out the back you 21 you just got out of the military military why are you with this you know this crazy ass girl and what'd he say He didn't. He just said, I like her. (laughs) So (laughs) how the hell did you get rid of the other guy? Well, you know what? When I went into the relationship, well, he started dating a crackhead named Tinkerbell. And I was like, that's it. But I was still in love with him. So when I needed a place to live, right, because I was getting evicted from my apartment. So my husband, well, at the time, just somebody who was giving me a ride, which my husband now, he said, I will go and get you an apartment. He fucking went and got me an apartment. And I said, well, I really can't pay the rent. Can you move in with me? So we moved in together, and I told him up front, I said, look, I've been through a lot. I really still love Daryl. I said, I love him a lot. I said, but I think I can grow to love you. I said, I like you. You, I'm attracted to you. I can kiss you, but I don't love you. And he accepted it. And I grew to love him. And he's my fucking soulmate. That's heavy, man. Yeah, that's heavy. Because I, I asked him all the time, I was like, why did you stay? Why did you stay?
0: But that kind of honesty in that moment, I mean, you didn't have to do that. I mean, that's like rolling the dice. How do you know he's going to stay with you? He could have just said, fuck this.
1: Yeah, when I went and got my sister's kids, he packed it. She's like, oh, fuck, you got six kids. What am I going to do? And I said, I, I said, I said, what I've been through in life, all I'm asking you is to help me give these kids the opportunity that they're never going to get at my sister's house with my sister smoking crack. I don't want these kids to be molested. I don't want these kids to drop out. Just help me. And he stayed. Huh. And we raised those kids like, you didn't even know that those were my nieces until we was out in public and they called me auntie. Because here we are, 19 and 21, I think, six with kids. six kids. And I, I didn't even have any kids. I had to go, because I had an abortion earlier that damaged my service, so I had to go and damn near get fixed to have another baby.
0: No, you two didn't have any kids. but You mm-hmm. had the two. I had the two of hers. Yeah, for hers. And they and and did and that's the one that you had to give the lecture to recently. One of her kids.
1: Yes, yeah, one of her. Because we had them for ten years. So my sister come back and she take a mark, which told me. So, and everybody was like, oh, she should have her own kids. I said, y'all don't realize what I'm telling y'all. This is this person is my mama all over again. Yeah. These kids are going to end up like we did. And they all got on drugs. And they, Well, my oldest one then, her oldest one there, but her, three of them got on drugs, had kids, and all kind of shit I they just went, went through. right back after went 10 right years. Back. After 10 years, like, I didn't teach them shit.
0: Oh, my God. How about, how's your brother? The one you talked to about being baptized, are they? I I mean, do you have
1: he he did a lot of time in prison? He used to be like a cat burglar, uh huh. And so, (laughs) so I I call, I have to call him sometimes because what I'm doing now, just I'm writing a proposal for a book about my life, yeah. And so, um, I had to call him the other day and say, Did Uncle Peanut teach you how to steal? And he was like, "Yes." So a lot of time I have to, <laughs> got to do some research. <laughs> I have to do some research because a lot of this shit, I'd be like, "Is this real? Mm-hmm. Did this really happen?" You, you Just needed to be validated
0: by your other siblings. Yes, you, like, am, did am, this really go am, on? Am I remembering this properly? He shot her fingers off, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> and so, and I called my. Well, he was like, "Well, he shot in the foot too." And I was like, "Well, I don't need all that information. I just remember him shooting the shit out of her." What other
0: What other questions did you have to get to, 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 that you were unclear on?
1: Like, I have to ask my sister when we lived in one house. Did my mama? cooking my mama cooked in the uh the fireplace yeah i said am i remembering this right because she would make us we didn't we didn't we never had light and gas at the same time you either had one or the other (laughs) (laughs) you never had fucking electricity and gas we took so many cold baths by the time i got older and got a real fucking bath i think i lost 20 pounds
0: (laughs) so she did cook in the fireplace
1: yeah she cooked in the fireplace and she cooked outside on the barbecue grill uh-huh. like, like, we live near the school yeah. so she would go out there and fry chicken on the barbecue grill with wood and the kids would walk by me like oh Patricia mama out there cooking uh, chicken on the barbecue grill which was fucking embarrassing I'm, I was already the dirty pole kid and your mama out there cooking food on the barbecue grill where they do that at I mean not even with charcoal Mark. it was fucking wood yeah. and she's like shut the fuck up and go get more wood so I can cook this cornbread so
0: so so, okay so you got that what else did you have to fact check
1: um just shit like um you know the type of drugs mama was on Mm -hmm. was it really weed or was it something else and
0: no one got strung out on heroin
1: Black people don't do that shit, mom? No, okay. Who the fuck black gonna focus on heroin? We ain't shooting shit in our own. We ain't got no health care. We don't even want no fucking technic shot. We don't even want a fucking three-month-old shot. How many black people you see on heroin? <laughs> I don't Those know. are the ones with the money yeah. that grew up around white people. Black people do crack and weed. <laughs> Right, okay. And fucking uh, embalming fluid now, all that old other shit they into. Right, right. Like they weed the wet weed and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't too much know that many black people on heroin, and, uh, do you?
0: No, I, I don't. I tell
1: you one story. Heroin hit the black community in the nineties, in the early yeah, in the early eighties. Well, heroin
0: sort of old school. I mean, I guess it was probably the fifties and sixties, and you know that it was around before crack. There was heroin. I think. Yeah. yeah. So we
1: in my neighborhood when we lived in Vine City, you either bought uh, heroin or you bought crack. But Craig was more popular. But I had a neighbor who shot her on. Yeah. And I, I, I. My mama shot up every day because she was a diabetic. Mm -hmm. So I saw my neighbor shoot up what I thought was diabetic medication. (laughs) But when he shoot this shit, I don't know what it did to him. He had to get naked. (laughs) And the kids be out there playing. You got this grown ass man with this big old black dick just swinging it, hollering. Get the rat out of my ass. But he always wanted me to get the rat out of (laughs) his ass. And so I'm sitting there looking up his ass like, J-Bell, ain't no rat in your ass. He thought he had
0: a rat in his ass? He
1: thought he had a rat in his ass. Every time he shot up. Every time he shot up. And he's like, get the rat out of my ass. And I remember one time looking at his ass like, J-Bell, the rat hanging in the front. Ain't no rat back here. Your diabetes messing up. <laughs> but nobody tried to make him put his clothes on. It was Every weekend, we saw J-Bell naked as a fucking bird. And
0: high as fuck.
1: High as fuck. He'd be all on top of the car, all on top of the fucking sign. We, people like, oh, that's J-Bell. He high. When he come down, he going to put his clothes on. And we be like, oh, look at J-Bell sitting up there naked. <laughs> just naked as he could be. I mean, dick slaying everywhere in front of the kids. <laughs> you thought
0: it was just the diabetes.
1: <laughs> That's my only encounter with heroin. When He shot that shit. He got naked.
0: Oh wow! It, it was kind
1: of funny, you know. More
0: energy than most junkies that, that I know.
1: <laughs> well, I stopped going to watching wrestling after I moved in that neighborhood because you saw everything. Like you saw the, my, the fucking bootleg man at that time. I saw a bootleg man stab a dude in the eye for trying to run out on some shots. <laughs> <laughs> <And> <laughs> Why? You,
0: what do you need wrestling for?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, this shit is on my back foot, and it's real, and it's going down. And then the police show up and beat everybody ass. And then you just wait on the next fight to break out. <laughs> so when when did the so okay so you get
0: with the new man? You got your 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 sister's kids. You, he's twenty one. You're nineteen. You're raising six kids, and he's working. Hell yeah, he yeah. was
1: working at Simmons Mattress.
0: And and then when does the comedy thing start to happen for you?
1: Um. Oh, my comedy started happening. I take a trip to the welfare office, right? (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, all I had to do was tell white women these horrible stories. That was my game. The more horrible these stories are, the more, oh, you need more food stamps and you need more welfare. Uh-huh. And I hope you just heal from all your pain. It was a fucking gimmick I had. Yeah. If the caseworker was right white, that was more horrible the story was going to be. <laughs> and I get in there crying, I didn't have a chair. <laughs> so one time I go to recertify for my food stamps and stuff, and it's a black caseworker. I'm like, oh, here we go with this <laughs> shit. I got to work hard to convince this bitch this shit is horrible. <laughs> And I started telling her these stories and this lady bust out laughing. Yeah. Just bust out laughing after I tell her the hanging story with my granddad. She was like, This stuff is hilarious. You should be a comedian. And yeah. I'm like, Bitch, I didn't come here for no job. <laughs> 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 and she was like, This stuff is funny. And Mark, I never thought this stuff was funny. And she was like, I'm telling you, you could be like Richard Pryor. I'm like, Who the fuck is Richard Pryor? And then she was like, oh, You could be a comedian. So I leave. You her. didn't
0: know who Richard Pryor was? Mm
1: I didn't know shit about comedy. Yeah. Wasn't no comedy where I come from. It was well, all fucking I mean, surviving but, pain. Yeah,
0: but he was just a big movie guy. <laughs>
1: well, you mean his name didn't ring a bell in right, the welfare right. I, Once I went home and I Googled him, yeah. I was like, oh. And then I realized, and I started Googling like his salary. I was like, you make all this money from telling your business? All these years I've been telling this shit for free. And so I told my husband, I was like, my caseworker say I'm funny. But people have always told me I was funny. He was like, here we go with this shit again. Yeah. And so I convinced the girl who actually had a baby by my baby daddy she was the one she was the one he showed up at the hospital with when I was 14 and gave birth uh he she we ended up moving around the corner from her Mm -hmm. so so we both had a baby by Daryl yeah so I convinced her one night to come to go to open mic with me and I in
0: Atlanta. Keep, in Atlanta. Well, What club?
1: It was a fucking little pub. Mm-hmm. It was called a pub. Mm-hmm. It was like a little open mic at a bar. Mm-hmm. And I went in now, and I can I can just come out the white, top of my black? head. It was m- white and black people. Just, and uh, I uh-huh. just told a story about my brother being a cat burglar, and they laughed. I was like, "Oh, I'm a comedian. I got this shit figured out." Shit, mm-hmm. I didn't realize this shit was work. But yeah. that's that's when it first sparked that I was I was funny.
0: And when did when did you start working?
1: um when i moved to indianapolis i started to um get my set together i started to be more honest with who i was to talk about my life because i was like you know i I was like most black female comedians. oh i suck dick i do this and i was like well i really don't suck dick i got vertigo why i'm sitting up here telling all these lies Mm -hmm. and people was like won't you just be honest tell people you sold drugs tell people what you did tell people you had two kids who told you to do that just other comics was like, won't you be honest with yourself? Tell people you had two kids. That White comics
0: or black comics?
1: Black comics. Mm-hmm. Tom Simmons was one of them. You know mm-hmm. Tom Simmons? Mm-hmm. Well, he was one of them. So, um, and I was like, I don't want to tell them about that horrible shit because I was still embarrassed by it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of embarrassed by my past. Mm-hmm. And I just started to kind of, when I got to Indianapolis, I would tell like the guy who worked at the club, these stories. he was like, talk about them on stage. I was like, nobody had no baby at 16 but me. I thought that shit only exists in the ghetto. When I tell you, when I tell people, me and my daughter is 12 years apart, people from all walks of life. I was just in Chicago and a white lady whispered in my ear like she was rich. She said, I had my first baby at 14, too. I was like, what the fuck?
0: Well, it's interesting because it, it, it... you know, a lot of white people have stereotypes in their head about what black people are like, and, and that you know that kind of stuff happens. But they use it as a negative. So when you get up there and tell the truth of your experience in an emotional way, and you frame it in your life, then it humanizes the whole thing, and it just yeah. sort of disrupts all that.
1: And you shit. know what I get constantly every day? I get emails saying I am an inspiration. I was like, how the fuck am I my an inspiration? And people's like, oh, I just wish I could be so honest with my past like you are and talk about. It. I said, just talk about it. To me it was a healing process i mean i'm learning not to be ashamed of what i went to it's not my fault that you know i was born into that situation and you know that i, I guess it's kind of my fault i had two kids by the time i was 16 I know, but you were a kid i was a kid so i i just try to take it and say I'm going to take what was supposed to be horrible and turn it into something good. So when I started to talk about, you know, what I've been through in life, the shooting, the beating on, the mistreatment of, you know, my baby daddy and everybody else, it healed me. I'm beginning to heal. Yeah. You know, I no longer have that cloud over my head. the shame. Ashamed and, you know, of the hurt of, you know, having two kids by you know by a married man and all that bullshit i'm I'm healing now yeah so every time i'm on stage and i'm telling you this it's 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 a way for me to heal
0: yeah and it heals everybody i mean honesty is powerful shit
1: it's powerful shit and, and people he, love
0: it oh yeah it's a, it's it's the only way to go and a lot of people just aren't cut out for it I, I have no problem with people that write jokes and stuff but if you if you come from the heart and you and you you, you you're straight up i mean yeah. it, you know a lot of people are like whoa shit but but then they're like, it they means something. Yeah, and
1: I get that all the time. You know, I do, and I get a lot of uhs and uhs at my shows. And I say, you know, what you want me to do? You want, I can't sugarcoat it. I mean, I don't know who the fuck you came to see. I'm going to tell you what I've been through. That's the way I'm go. not going to sugarcoat it. You know, come mm-hmm. on, soccer moms. You've been through some shit, too. Maybe. You know, <laughs> they've been through some shit. Sure. I mean, you'd be surprised. I, I mean, I got more more white fans than anything.
0: But they're feeling ashamed about little shit. And if you're owning big shit, they're like, oh, my God, what am I hiding from?
1: You know, I get that a lot. People's like, fuck, I thought my life was fucked mm-hmm. up. I'm never going to complain again, Miss Pat. <laughs> I get that all the time. I said, so, oh, you think your mama taking your iPod was bad, huh? <laughs> try trying to fucking breastfeed a baby at 14 and you don't know the nipples supposed to go in the mouth and you trying to make the baby just suck the top of the titty <laughs>
0: <laughs> your mother didn't even teach you that
1: <laughs> no I was at the hospital it was in the 90s when I mean the 80s when, when young when teenage pregnant was so big yeah. so big in the ghetto that people was like you know the nurses was so fucking mean Oh, in here having a baby at fourteen. So you know, I remember. Well, yeah, was like I had an African nurse and she went to draw my blood. And I was like, "Oh, that hurt." She was like, "Did that dick hurt?" Oh my I said, dick don't have a point on it like that. that. That point is rounded off and it's soft, bitch. You know it's soft, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and it feel good once it get through the walls. You know, you ain't here pulling something out of me. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> they were so mean to me because here I am 14 and then they, they, they you know. Like you
0: haven't learned your fucking lesson. Yeah,
1: then I return the next year giving birth. Mm-hmm. Oh, you back again, bitch? Mm-hmm. But you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Because he signed my kid's birth certificate and I was 14 and he was 22. Or twenty-three and nobody says shit.
0: See, that's the thing that's getting me through the whole thing. These fuckers are child molesters. Yes. And they're blaming you. You
1: do that shit. You do it today, you'll go to fucking jail. You go down there, you take your grown ass down there and sign a 14 year old birth certificate, you're going to jail. I don't know. He how that, signed both of my kids. How birth certificate. the hell is that possible? Nobody was there to protect me. Nobody stood up and say, Hey, this is fucking child molestation. Why in this dude is in fucking jail? Why? Why isn't he in jail? Oh
0: man, I nobody. Da- that's the one. The one part of the story that's like because like you hear about all the other shit, but it really is just it's overlooked. No one's there to protect. That's the problem with where you come from is that there
1: is no one there to protect. Nobody you. Nobody gives a fuck. Exactly. Nobody gave a fuck. Well, I'm like, glad that you do. I do now. Nobody's no. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm thankful nobody got a chance to do to my daughter what was done to me and or your, my son.
0: And your relationship with your kids is good for the most part.
1: Yeah, I got great kids. I mean, you know, me and my daughter was going at it when she was in college and she was hiding the fact that she was gay so she ran away and you know, she 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 was in college for three years and she just couldn't take it. Mm. And I kind of figured she was gay a long time ago. We kinda mm-hmm. figured she was gay. And um she ran away and I, I and I hadn't seen her like two, three years, so I finally got in touch with her. She was in Virginia. I said, What is your problem? Yeah. I said, Are you gay? She was like, Yes. I said, Okay, it's out. Bring your ass home. I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> i mean because she was my first born i mean i went through a lot to get her to that point so you know nobody i mean as a parent you're gonna go through shit whether your child is gay whether they're on drugs whether they've been rebellious you know situations are situation everybody's is different
0: and you're gonna want to be with them at some point
1: yeah and i love my fucking daughter i love and i told my daughter i said you know what my daughter have had girlfriends way better than her daddy ever treated me Mm -hmm. i've never known a bitch to pop my daughter in the eye every friday (laughs) <laughs> like her daddy did shoot her, dad. her, or beat her down. Every, I mean, she had many relationships because she stayed in them a couple of years, mm-hmm. but they have treated her the way she's supposed to be treated. Well, that's sweet, and that's what I'm happy. Mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what you eat or suck on or whatever. Yeah. Your preference, as long as they respect you and love you and treat you like a human being. Yeah. that's what it's all about. And how's
0: your first your son?
1: My son is great. He's I'm a grandmother. He's uh working. He don't beat bitches. He yeah. graduated. You know he wasn't college material. Right. Oh God, I barely. I, it was rough right. getting him out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> not I mean not because he was a bad kid. He's got a comprehension problem. but oh, yeah. He graduated. He's doing great. And the you young know?
0: ones are uh,
1: um. Uh, I call, Let me tell you, I call my oldest one my Medicaid baby. Mm. And I call my youngest one my, my Blue Cross Blue Shear baby. Uh-huh. So they ain't they don't know the struggle. So right. they some bougie-ass little black kids yeah. living in a fucking nice neighborhood. They don't know the struggle.
0: Do they get along with their half-brother and have- sister? Well, no, I mean, do they get along with the older I don't, ones?
1: Yes, they, they they all really close. I don't okay. do that half shit. Because they yeah. daddy raised y'all. Right, y'all right, all is right, one. Right, right, okay. <laughs> At least all y'all last names start with an L. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Pat, it was, a, it was great talking. And I'm excited to be on the show with you tonight.
1: I'm excited too, and thank you so much. Thank you. Oh my
0: God, that's our show, The Amazing Ms. Pat. God, she should write a book. She should definitely write a book. I, it gets, you know, when you when you hear stories like that, you like there, there's more. You there can't, how can there be more? It's unbelievable. Go see her if you can. Um, and I hope you, uh, I hope you dug that. I hope you were, uh, engaged as I was in, in just a, a world I don't know. And, uh, it's, 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 it's heavy, man. It's definitely heavy. Hey, look, before we go, I want to remind you to check out UntuckIt.com. Shirts made exclusively for men who wear their shirts untucked. UntuckIt shirts are designed to fall at the perfect length no matter what your size. Visit UntuckIt.com and improve your wardrobe today. Use promo code MARK for a special 10% off all purchases. Shipping is free both ways. The fall line was just released. Plaids, Oxford, solids, checks, Chambrays, and more fall styles are available now, people. Is that how you pronounce that word? I don't know. The right shirt can make all the difference. Untuckit.com. Promo code Mark. Shirt's designed to be worn. untucked. That's Mark, M-A-R-C. That's our show, people. Go to WTFpod.com for all your WTFpod needs. Get that app. App. Get the free app. Upgrade to premium. You can uh, stream every episode. The most recent 50 are always free. Leave a comment. Do what you gotta do. Oh, my God, this running thing is knocking me out. The, the smoothie didn't save me. I can't... I, I hope Monkey's okay. God damn it. Yeah, I had that moment where I'm like, you know, these cats are gonna die at some point. And it's sad. But the same day that Monkey was... He was sketchy, you know, for days. Monkey was just acting weird and disjointed. But every time I talk about symptoms on the show or whatever, I get very you know, very um, sort of alarmist feedback, which is fine, but it's not, they're not always like, not always the worst thing, but um, but out of nowhere, uh, scaredy cat, the striped feral uh, showed up yesterday, right when monkey was feeling better, and then I had taken the vet because he's still looking his dick, but uh, it was good to see scaredy cat, the striped feral, I hadn't seen him in months, months, looking healthy, this happened before with him, looks fat even. Someone's feeding that cat. Always gives me hope that Boomer's just somewhere, living the living large, eating the wet food, in a sweet old Mexican lady's house. Boomer lives! <laughs>